Welcome. Glad to have you with us. It's time for a little show and tell. It's and my Larry Whalen. Yeah. yeah. Modern Arms, Brown Station location. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Scott Van Kirk. You know, I remember the, the first time Scott Van Kirk set foot in the studio. Uh, he came in with Tim Oliver, uh, who is a friend of ours and a terrific firearms trainer. And he sat back, and he wouldn't even get near the microphone. He wouldn't talk. We had to coax every word out of him. Yeah. And now we can't shut him up. Now I run my mouth nonstop. Constantly. <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> uh, but always, always uh, glad to have Scott with us. And Scott, I think Larry is coming after you with today's show and tell. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm just taking a stab at this. But suddenly, you've developed this love of revolvers. I'm part of the revolver renaissance. And every time I turn around, Larry is pushing revolvers like this. Uh, I'm I'm not just catering kick. just to Scott. There's a lot of other lot of other people that are you know interested in revolvers too. But um, Scott but just Scott did mention that he didn't yeah. he didn't have this one in this caliber. So <laughs> that's a good thing. Just, uh, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, purely he's coincidence. He's gonna go back to the shop and then he can go. Okay, so he doesn't have that one. <laughs> and we'll get this one in. Keep, next, we'll get this one in. I keep notes. <laughs> All right, tell us about this this uh, sidekick okay so this is a brand new product from diamondback firearms um diamondback uh we've been selling a lot of their ar-15s and they've got a little line of uh nine millimeter pistols but this is a new product from them it's a rim fire nine shot cowboy looking yep very much so uh, but it's a double action um swing out cylinder that's chambered in 22 long rifle it includes a 22 magnum cylinder and um, it can be shot as a single-action gun, mm -hmm. uh, or you can run it double-action. A beautiful Cerakote finish. This one's in bronze. Sells brand new at two eighty-eight. Wow. Huge value in the marketplace. And Scott is drooling over it right now. Wipe that off. <laughs> Scott, well, it. and it, it, it has the look, the feel, the grip type and angle, the frame configuration of a single-action, like a the, cowboy gun. Yeah. Yeah, yep. very much. But it's a double action swing out cylinder, um, two guns in one, 22. Yeah, 22 and 22 mag. You're right. And don't ever discount 22 mag. Oh, I love 22, 22 mag. 22 I shoot mag. that a lot. It's a real caliber. Yeah. And, um, but, co but could you kill an armadillo? That's an armadillo whacker That's for an sure. Armadillo <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, this, one I'd need, this one I would need some sort of leather holster western style. Yeah. And I would go face down the armadillo with this baby. <laughs> with spurs. <laughs> um, uh, coincidentally, Larry has a western style holster for you, Scott. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would, and, would and not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> and if he doesn't, because I mentioned it this week, uh, three it, weeks from now, it's will. on order. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Diamondback Sidekick, a great little revolver. Um, great value. Good value in the marketplace. And fun. That's, it is a fun gun. Is, and, you know, this is um, like an H&R um, 929. Right. Uh, they, they used to build this gun very similar, you know, double action uh, the old H and R double nine, uh -huh. uh, but this is a a modern version of it from a great company um, with both cylinders for two eighty eight. What a deal! Yeah, that's nice. Uh, and and if that hasn't if that hasn't hooked Van Kirk uh, on opening his wallet, let's talk Ruger. Yeah. So I also brought in the Ruger <laughs> LCR chambered in thirty eight special, which is a plus P rated thirty eight five shot. Double action only on this one. This is the LCR. Uh, they also sell this gun called the LCRX, which adds an external hammer. Mm -hmm. uh, so this one is fired double action only. 
It is a, a long trigger pull, but it's very, very smooth. No real spring stacking. Just a great lightweight polymer revolver. I pocket carry one of these quite often, um, and it is, it's a great carry gun. I have two other versions of different this. calibers different yeah you calibers. don't have a 38 though. i don't have a 38 yet yet, yet. Yeah, that's right because larry keeps track coincidence and, pure coincidence yeah. scott this is the configuration that i prefer the dao version mm-hmm. um without the exposed hammer um I, what can you say about the lcrs they're light they're very reliable um unlike and don't get me wrong i like i like my smiths too but don't uh, unlike the smiths the lcrs are very consistent this LCR in 38 plus P, um, the one I have in 22 long rifle, if you get another one in 357, 327 Magnum, any of the other calibers that they make it in, you pick it up and it's an LCR. The yeah. triggers the cons- triggers are they're cons- consistent and always good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unlike, you know, you get a Smith where you're like, oh, wow, this one's really good. And then the one exactly the same, you're yeah. like, what? Next one out of the box. Woo, right. what'd they do to this thing? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I can't say enough about the LCR pattern. Um, or the platform, they're great little, they're great little snubbies. Yeah, and I love uh, them. A, a question, uh, Scott. Uh, you know uh, the semi-automatics that I have. They're you know they're pretty long and it's easy to sight. How difficult is it to to uh, uh, aim accurately with a snub nose? Well, in my opinion, not not all that difficult at all. Um, there's for years, we always heard that that um, revolvers are weapons that should be given to new shooters because they don't malfunction and everything else like that. When in reality, it's exactly the opposite. Revolvers are shooters' weapons, yes. meaning that you put in the time, you learn how to shoot them, and if you can shoot a revolver well, you can shoot anything, any handgun made, yeah. um, to a level higher than a lot of other people because you learned on a double action trigger. You learned on a short sight radius in many cases. Um, you may have learned on a major caliber. You know, if you came up shooting a four inch three fifty seven Magnum yeah. and you, anything in the semi-autos, you're like, oh yeah, that's nothing. Yeah, that's going to be easy to yeah, shoot. So these, these um, revolvers are shooters guns and if you take the time, it's not a lot of time. It's not a lot of effort. It's, it's, no, it's just it's, diligence. You, it's you, just diligence. Have, you just have to intentionally practice with it right. and, and practice good skills. And, yeah, yeah. they're, they're and great once, tools. And once you get good with them, then everything else is easier. There you go. Uh, Mike sent us a message. And if you've got a question, you can send it to Gary. Uh, go to GaryNolan.com. There's a, a way to send a message. It'll pop up in studio. He said, I'm considering getting my first revolver. I think Scott Van Kirk has actually talked him into it. Yes. (laughs) Any particular caliber or barrel length you'd recommend? I'm a so-so shot, and I'm interested in accuracy. Thanks. Well, you're so-so shot, interested in accuracy. I'd want to know a couple more. (laughs) I'd ask a couple more questions. I would, based on what he's provided, I would default to a four-inch barrel. Yes, Um, so would I. A six-shot, four-inch K-frame. I could still carry it if I I wanted to, but the mechanical accuracy difference between a four-inch and a six-inch is probably measurable, but most people aren't good enough to ever hold the gun steady enough to see right. the, to, for that accuracy yeah. difference to manifest itself. Yeah. But to learn, you certainly would you would prefer to shoot a four inch K frame ish, yeah. which is bigger than the five shots that we're talking here. These tend to be J frame style guns. Yeah, a six but, shot full size steel K, K, gun, yeah. Yeah. and go K frame because that's still small enough that you can conceal it with the proper um, accessories, proper holsters, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. 
I mean, I default, if you're going to go K-frame, I, I default to a 357 Magnum and shoot 38s in it primarily. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just because it gives you the versatility, I wouldn't say... Well, and cost-effectiveness, as opposed to shooting 44, right. 44, 44 Mag, 44 Special. Right. It's a whole different price point. The 38, 357, they're in, you know, interchangeable mm -hmm. in that 357 revolver. Yeah. I can run the lower-powered 38s, right. practice a lot, and uh, get really good with that revolver. Well, and, and, I, and I wouldn't... I wouldn't put you into strictly just a 38 in a K-frame because... I want the flexibility to the flexibility. be able to shoot. And it, yeah. it's it's dollar interchangeable. It's the same money whether right. I buy a 38 or 357. It doesn't cost me any more to have that higher pressure rating, right. longer longer chamber. Yeah. So and I would say 4-inch K-frames. Uh, Smith 686. 686. Uh, they sell it as a... Uh, as a seven shot, the 686 plus. Right. I'm a traditionalist. Revolvers have six rounds. I'm not a fan <laughs> of the seven shot. I'm old and stuck in my ways. It's an extra um, it's a bonus shot. Ah, no, it's not. It's it's, it's a bonus it's shot. Goofy. Um, Dude, buy the six shot. Yeah. A, uh, the GP100. I was gonna say GP100. Uh, yep. Yep. GP100s from Ruger, uh, Smith and Wesson. Stainless is 686. They sell it as a blued gun as a 586. Um, yeah, you'll you'll love shooting a four inch revolver. One more thing I would suggest uh, is if you're a so-so shot and uh, you're practicing and it's not improving, uh, find someone uh, that is a trainer that can watch you shoot and give you some tips. I, I was struggling for a while, and I went out with Scott, and uh, he watched me shoot, and he gave me a couple of real quick tips, and it made a huge difference almost instantly. It's like golf. It's like go, uh, spending a round of golf with a golf pro. Right. It will change your mm -hmm. game. Taking a class, finding an instructor, um, learning better, better practices, better, better skills to practice instead mm -hmm. of just practicing bad, bad skills. skills. Practicing yeah. bad skills makes you really good at bad things. You're really good at bad <laughs> things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've mastered doing it wrong. Yeah. Great. Uh, all right. I am uh, sadly up against the clock, but when we come back, uh, we are going to continue with show and tell, including uh, a Ruger 308. Ooh, this mm. looks nice. I'm Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome in. Scott Van Kirk on board with us, as is Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And we are doing show and tell, and he's got a Ruger 308. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. This thing is amazing. So we brought in... Um, the Ruger Revolver also brought in the Ruger um, SFAR. So this is a 308, 16-inch barrel, free-floated handguard, weighs less than 7 pounds. This is an AR-15 weight chambered in 308. It is absolutely gorgeous. Ruger always uses hammer forge barrels. This comes with an amazing trigger, Magpul furniture. It is optics ready. Expensive way of saying there ain't no sights on that rifle. <laughs> um, but it's a great value at $1,024. Um, comes with a beautiful muzzle brake. Is this uh, an adjustable gas? Oh, gosh, you stumped me there. I do it not looks know. like it. Yeah, probably so. Oh, yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> I'll know after the next break for sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Ruger SFAR, most 308s are in the 10-pound range oh, yeah, uh, this is, on the AR-10. This is lighter than the M16 I was issued in the Army. Oh, yeah, it's much lighter than a 20-inch M16, yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and, I mean, significantly lighter. Yeah. So much so that you just pick it up and go, oh, wow, Ooh, this is... Yeah, this is filled with helium. This is, this is lighter than my AR-15. <laughs> 
Chambered in 308, which is just a, a rock star of a round, and uh, it, it'd be a great package. Well, here's the thing about this. Yeah. All right. Here's the deal. Tell me the deal. The deal on this is this is the best commercially available AR-10 for the money on the market, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. There is another manufacturer where you can get one that is a, what a pound lighter. Uh, yeah, POF does one that's a pound, pound lighter, and, and it's how a thousand dollars more. more. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the one I own. <laughs> Came out about a year and a half ago. Larry, cho- Larry uh, before cho- this one was available, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I chose poorly. And there's uh, nothing wrong with a POF, but it's a thousand dollars higher. Yeah, yeah. This this comes with. I mean. Obviously, you're going to put an optic on this, and yeah, you can put backup. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, put up some flip flip up iron sights for about a hundred bucks on there, one, and, yeah. and be going. But I mean, you, it's got a muzzle brake, a mm-hmm. nice muzzle brake. The trigger on this thing is amazing. Ma- oh yeah, amazing. Yeah. You would not. This is you dream of putting triggers this good in guns you already own. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this one comes standard with it. You've got the the lightweight skeletonized rails with uh, M lock. Is this M lock on the side? Yes, it is. All right. And that is a mid-length gas system with a four-position rotary uh, gas regulator. Uh, see how I spotted yeah. that? Yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right off Ruger's yeah. website there. This, I was able to get that uh, pulled up. This. <laughs> That's four and a half pound two-stage trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, t- it's tight, yeah. upper, lower. This is got to be a tack driver. Oh, yeah. It's got to be. Like I told you, there's a couple of other 308s in my safe. We uh, Before the show started, I told Larry, I said, if I brought this home and put it in my safe, those other two would hang their head in shame. Oh, they shame. would be, uh, yeah. <laughs> shame to themselves for, for their weight and their trigger pulls, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hazard, I hazard to say one of those other 308s weighs twice as much as this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Easily. Yeah. For the sake of listeners, uh, let's talk about the hammer forged barrel. What is the advantage to that? Okay, so this is the Ruger's R5 rifling um, hammer forged barrel. So a couple ways of adding rifling to a barrel. Um, uh, the other method is either a brooch cut or button cut barrel. Uh, so a cut barrel rifling or a hammer forged rifling. The hammer forging gives you a, um, after they drill the hole in, in the metal, they polish that that hole removing all tool marks and then it's then it's forged uh the rifling is forged by by hammering the barrel onto a mandrel which is the inverse rifling leaving the positive rifling in the barrel so because it's hammer forged and there's no tool marks there's no barrel break-in that you need to do you can just start shooting this gun um because there's no cut metal uh for the rifling your fouling is very, very low. You get very little copper jacket that get, gets grabbed by those imperfections in a in a button cut or a broach cut barrel. Hammer forged barrels are superior in every way. They they deal with heat better. They dissipate heat more consistently than a, than a broach cut barrel. They're more accurate, and there's very there's no barrel break in. They're very easy to clean. Um, it's superior in every way. So, if you're out looking for a, an AR or a, a semi-automatic, a, this is the this is the barrel you want. But let's let's move on to the big deal, because I cannot believe that you're offering uh, a five hundred and fifty-five dollar. Give us the detail. Okay. This is brand new. Yes, this is a this is another product from Diamondback. They did the, our double action revolver we had just a second ago. So Diamondback Arms makes a beautiful series of DB15 Diamondback AR15s. This one's in the Cerakote bronze and a 15 inch handguard, 16 inch barrel, free floated. 
Um, again, Magpul furniture on this, and it sells brand new at 555 bucks. Optics ready. So again, we're going to add some sort of either siding system of you know iron sights or, or red, red dot, dot backed or, up by flips. Yeah. Yep. Just a great value in the marketplace. So, yeah. So this uh-huh. is a higher quality AR-15 than it's for its price. For yo, yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, it's got it's got a great feature set <laughs> and hits the market at a real aggressive price uh-huh. uh, and. It's it's going to be a lifetime gun. You're just not going to wear this gun out. It's it's a beautiful rifle. Um, the, tr- the trigger is nice. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice AR trigger. Um, its fit and finish is better than I would expect from a five hundred dollar gun by significance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all this because you start to. Larry does the same thing, and listeners can't see me doing it, but you just start flipping things and. Yeah, testing things yeah just the, the feel of it feel, yeah see how mm, it how the fit and feel between the upper and the lower is and and everything else like that so you just sort of you get a feel for the craftsmanship mm-hmm. um and this is a bargain yeah good looking, attention to detail yeah, absolutely if you, if you don't have your ar and you want to get into your ar or you need another ar well another yeah yeah okay. <laughs> you know, it almost reminds me of those walmart commercials where they do the rollback pricing yeah. I can remember when uh, when you could get an AR-15 for this price, and it was like 15 years ago. Yeah. And it wasn't this good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the free-floated 15-inch handguard and 16-inch barrel has become kind of the new standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the M, again, M-Lock um, compatibility on the rail. So if you Magpul wanted to add... furniture, while it has become kind of the standard, if it didn't come with it, it's one of the first things that I would end up doing anyway. Right. Yeah. Chuck sent me a message. You can, too, if you've got a question. Go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. Uh, if we don't get to it this week, we'll get to it next week. Uh, but Chuck sent uh, a question. He's got a question. He said, is there any kind of glove or sleeve that you can wear on your wrist that cuts down on how sore your wrist gets after shooting practice? I've never had the problem, so I don't know. Uh, I've never looked into it. Well, that's a situation where I'll be honest with you. I think you should consult a medical professional because if that is such an issue, you might be shooting too high of a caliber. Um, you might be shooting a platform that doesn't agree with you. Those are the gun sides of it. But you also might have some other underlying health issue that needs to be addressed. Um, anytime things hurt that much yeah. after a, what is kind of a normal activity for you and things like that, I'd say you need to talk to somebody. Yeah, um, there's a product um, that Midway offers uh, called uh, PAST, P-A-S-T. Um, they, they sell a recoil-reducing um, shooting glove. Um, PAST products have, have been around for a while. They also do a, a recoil pad that you can... Um, they uh, do timers, too? Or is that somebody else? Uh, no, a diff- different company. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, past recoil protection. Um, they do gloves. Um, probably right. retail around thirty bucks would be my guess. I don't know. You know, in an emergency, you're not going to have time to put the glove on. No, but for practice, so, it might might practice, reduce the fatigue. Might, yeah, yeah. But, but I think uh, Scott had a good a good tip. Uh, check with a medical professional. Uh, maybe reduce the caliber. All right, up against the clock, but we've got more of Gary on guns. They're going to ban lead. That's next. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. And glad to have Larry Whalen with us from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And Scott Van Kirk is on with us as well. The Gun Owners of America uh, has pointed out that apparently the federal government wants to ban lead ammunition. 
uh, on on federal property. Uh, it's the uh, third attempt to ban lead ammo uh, in the last decade. Uh, oh, the Obamunist tried to do it. Um, it, it I'm, I'm not seeing a, a good, solid reason for this. Um, I'm, I'm trying to see... I'm trying to figure out how lead ammunition would introduce enough lead into the environment for it to be a problem, i.e., if I'm hunting small, medium, large game on, nas- on national lands... Uh, how many rounds am I shooting? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm hunting waterfowl again, how many rounds am I shooting? Well, yeah. in the aggregate, you're, they're saying in the aggregate because you're you're not the only one shooting. I know, but still, even if you go in the aggregate as to how many people we're talking about, yeah, I'm putting lead back in the earth that came out of the earth. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's, not I'm it's... not I'm not using a belt fed to hunt. I mean, and. <laughs> Am I? If, but, if you're at that level it, of hunting on national forest land or national land for some of your bigger game and th- your some of your, your harder game, you're not a novice, right? You know, it's one or two shots and animal falls down. Yeah, round is probably in the animal. I'm trying to link the amount of lead that it would take to actually have some environmental detriment to the whole thing. Well, the people who are in favor of this allege that the ammunition harms human health and wildlife population. Well, I know how lead ammunition can affect human health. Yeah. But, if, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that's more of an urban thing. <laughs> when they're talking about wildlife concerns, apparently these uh, lead ban uh, proponents talk about the endangered California condor. Uh, California banned lead ammunition in 2007 to protect the condors. And while uh, compliance with the ban was 99%, according to the state's Department of Fish and Wildlife, follow-up research in recent years has shown lead levels in condors are the same or higher than they were when the ban was implemented. But that doesn't stop these people. The truth just doesn't really matter. Um. Well, I mean, where are the condors living? I mean, are they living in older homes that had lead-based paint? Or what? I mean, yeah. there's more study to be done, I think. They eat, a lot of paint, eat a lot of paint chips as a, as a kid, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> it tastes sweet. Uh, uh, federal uh, government controls 30% of the land in America. The size of these areas alone doesn't tell the whole story. Millions of Americans, uh, gun owners say... Uh, say can only hunt or target shoot on federal lands and have no other place to pursue the sports they love. The problem here, as they well know, is the only other soft metal you can use is, well, gold. <laughs> That'll drive down the cost. Uh, just yeah. a dish. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you could it, use silver. I mean, you use that with, what, werewolves? Werewolves, yeah, yeah that's okay. good. Well, you keep the werewolf population at bay. That's uh, that is good. I'm I'm glad you you thought of that. Eight hundred five two nine five five seven two, or go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. Dave is on the line with us now. Dave, good morning. How you doing, Gary? Well, thank hey, you. Uh, real, real, real quick on the lead subject, the Condor study that they ban- based the banning of lead in California on has been universally decried by every academic both pro-anti-gun, both pro-ecology and not, as bunk science. I'm there sure. were three dead 
three dead condors that had symptoms that could have been attributed to lead. In addition to that, I mean, like in Missouri, we've got so much lead, it's crazy. If you get a lead blood test, they have to adjust your your findings if you live in Missouri compared to anywhere else in the country. Lead's natural, like Larry said. And I'm shocked that there would be a problem with the study. Shocked. Shocked that the study wasn't accurate. Over a decade ago, the EPA said that lead buildup on ranges where from heavy usage has zero ecological impact. None. And there's been no study to refute their findings since then. So this is all this is is just a ploy to drive. It's like your $1,000 gun tax. They want to make ammo more and more expensive, more and more restrictive, and they really want to kill hunting. So, Why would they want to kill hunting in particular? And how does that, how does that protect people? How does that save you know, lives? It doesn't have anything to do with protecting people. It has to do away with the gun culture. you got to bear in mind, come the 1st of September, more people will shoot doves than participate in all the, all the shotgun shooting sports in the year combined. We, we forget the silent majority of people who hunt occasion, you know, throughout the year. They need to do away with that. They don't want little boys and little girls growing up knowing that they can use a gun safely and have, and enjoy it and do it with family. Yeah, uh, they really. you're exactly right. They do want to drill that out of your mind. And their argument is we're doing this so we can stop gun violence. But we know it doesn't really? work. We know that... that uh, uh, gun restrictions and all of that is nonsense. The bad guys will carry. The the bad guys will shoot you. So it, it really is not about protecting you. It is ultimately about taking away other rights that you have and you being unable to defend yourself. It's almost like some other recent mandates for safety we had from the government. <laughs> Hmm, wear a mask. Oh, wait, yeah. masks don't work. Uh, yeah. yeah. You have to have the shot. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Gary. You Thank- good- it might not cause many blood clots. It's Thank okay. you. Thank you, Dave. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. It, there's got to be, I mean, it cannot be that they're doing this to protect you from gun violence because it does not work. Uh, but somewhere down the road when they decide uh, they're going to tax you at 100% or they're going to take your home uh, you won't be able to resist because you're unarmed. Uh, and I really do think that's the direction we're going. Hunting and shooting are popular pastimes, even today when hunting isn't as necessary as it might have been in past eras. And if you want to teach your kid how to shoot, you bring them out there with an AR-15, it may be a little large, a little bulky for a young kid. Or even a a small-framed adult. But wait, there's a solution. It's called the JR-15. Larry, are you familiar with that? I'm going to have to learn about this. Oh, well. For kids, uh, the the large model of AR-15 might be a little big and uncomfortable. So gun companies have made youth models for decades now. And now they've come up with a JR-15, and people are screaming. They're absolutely insanely angry about this. Oh, it's so cute. An appalling rumor <laughs> is making its way around the web 
At the moment, as people ponder the very real possibility of guns manufactured specifically for kids. America is already absolutely overflowing with firearms, they write, and every effort to stem their flow fails time and again. Even as survivors of school shootings line up to decry the weapons that uh, stole the lives of their friends and plead to save their siblings, children, uh, and selves from uh, gun violence, we pump out guns like they're going out of style. New rumors of the JR-15, a rifle made for actual children, are resuscitating. Am I giving all this the, enough? All the humanity. <laughs> so it, it's it's 20% smaller than standard AR platforms, and it weighs in about two and a half pounds. Cute and little things. That's a pretty nice little setup. To it is. I really kind of dig them. I don't know why we don't stock these yet. Yeah. And they're in, look into this. Oh, because and all the free press. Yeah, that is currently is swirling around about them because they're you know the worst thing since I don't know what, but um, uh, they're going to sell some guns. Yeah, it's a good looking little AR um, yeah. AR it, uh, variant. That's um, it is set twenty two long rifle. It um, is set up beautiful nice. things. Yeah. JR fifteen. First rifle my father got me was a twenty two. Yeah, yeah. This is a twenty two. It's a really cool 22. <laughs> it really is a really cool 22. <laughs> JR-15s. So, so what's the big deal? Uh, something for people to be outraged about. Yeah. You know, we no must big deal. do something about it. It's, it's just a damned rifle. <laughs> and it's a 22 rifle. No, this is what we're supposed to be outraged about. You know, if you go out with your kids for that father-son, father-daughter time and you... You got you, you're bonding and you're going out uh, target practicing, uh, and you you give the kid uh, a twenty two uh, a JR twenty two. What a what a great gift and what a great time you're going to have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it, it even um, everything about it is to set up a youth shooter, right down to the fact that yeah, they only, it only ships with a five round magazine, which generally when you're teaching a kid how to how to shoot and and working through the safety and stuff like that, usually you're doing one round. Yeah. One round, one round. You could easily put one round in the five-round magazine, but right. then as they learned, you could do yeah. yeah. so, a I greater mean, capacity. Ships yeah. with a one-round and a five-round mag. Ten-round oh. magazines available. Oh, oh, yeah, I missed the one-round yeah. part. So oh, that is... That's brilliant. That is it's a great brilliant. trainer. Yeah. I, I love this thing. I that, applaud them. I applaud them, too. We've got to find... Uh, yeah, I mean... You get I, would, I would argue that any parent that brings their kid out uh, with this and spends time on the range, is probably a really good parent. Oh yeah, it's I mean, there's no guarantee, but I would be willing to venture that uh, this is a parent that's involved in the child's life that wants to spend time, teach, uh, pass on the knowledge. Um, I I applaud this company. I think we need more of them. But oh, they are so upset, and oh, in the timing uh, because there was a shooting. Uh, in Illinois, in a school. Oh well, what's the connection there? None that I know of. Just that they can be outraged. Come on, yeah. somebody was offended. This is so what. what? We, this is <laughs> this is what we're told to be outraged about, or this is what the general populace, who doesn't know a lot about firearms and the Constitution, is told yeah. that they're supposed to be outraged about. What am I supposed to be outraged by today? Literally, when I. If I turn on a newscast, yeah. I sit down and I go, okay, 
time to find out what I'm supposed to be outraged yeah. about today. Yeah, what do they want me to think now? Yeah. All right, we uh, are uh, once again up against the clock, but we'll come back and wrap it up. We'll even do a refresh on the uh, show-and-tell segment from uh, Larry at Modern Arms. From the Brown Station location. I'm Gary on Go. And welcome. Glad to have you with us. Scott Van Kirk on with us, and so is Larry Whalen from Modern Arms in the Illinois. the Brown Station location. What? I, I forgot the pause. Sorry about that. <laughs> Where's that at, Larry? At the Brown Station oh, location. Do you want you want to give it one more round? Go ahead. Uh, no, it's good. Just Brown, come see us. Where, where are we going? Modern, Modern Arms? Arms, Brown Station location. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait till next week when I have same people <laughs> in the studio with me. <laughs> Illinois has uh, a firearm owner identification card, FOID. You got to get your FOID card, eh? Yep. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> which should be void. Uh, so. We used to have something similar to that here in Missouri, right? That's before I moved here. No, we, Missouri had a permit to purchase a concealable handgun, but it was not a... It was um, a letter, essentially. Yeah, it was, it? it was a each each individual each serial hit, number. Yeah. You got permission from the county one, sheriff. One could almost argue worse. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, then you went and did your background check. Because you had to go through it every time you purchased a concealable firearm. Yeah. If the Missouri State, at that time, if the state of Missouri would have issued you some kind of card, then at least you could have just walked in and bought it. Yeah. Well... The by the way, I I had this uh, discussion about this uh, permit to purchase thing that we had, and one of the uh, Moms Demand Action uh, people called the show. This is several years ago, and said, you know, after that was canceled, the uh, number of gun homicides increased uh, at a, at a, a pretty terrific rate, and so we should reinstate it. But what she didn't point out is that if you kind of back the camera back and, uh, you know, back it up and look at the graph, you'll find that um, gun homicides were going up at a much faster rate when we had that law. Yeah, they were going up anyway. And, when we just, had, and when we got rid of the law, they slowed down but continued to continued increase. Continued to climb, yeah. Right. They went up, but they went up more slowly. So it was actually a benefit. Uh, to protect people, so it, it 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 doesn't surprise me at all that that they would lie about this. Illinois has their FOID card, uh, which is they say at uh, gun owners, uh, I'm sorry, at uh, bearing arms, an affront to our constitutionally guaranteed right to keep and bear arms, and they're going to court over this. What's interesting here is that the history of the Illinois FOID law is actually rooted in racism. Uh, the firearm owner identification uh, card, or FOID, has been a law since the 1960s. Facts and evidence show that the FOID card was brought about due to uh, uh, May Daly Sr.'s racist desire to block the ability of non-whites to buy firearms. A modern-day Jim Crow law? What? What? Really? <laughs> Who would have thunk it? That's oh. offensive. Oh. I'm outraged. But, but isn't gun control actually all about racism isn't it the whole idea of gun control was about keeping blacks from being armed that's what they, that's where many, right. in the yeah, re, yeah, in the many of the laws yeah yeah in the in the reconstruction south yeah that's where that's where the really the term jim crow comes from is where we got this whole uh, series of laws to prevent newly freed slaves from voting from owning firearms 
uh, keeping them out of certain areas of cities, all of that. Yeah. Separate water fountain, separate e- but equal and all of that stuff. But with the Foyd card, I did not realize that that was a modern day Jim Crow law. I mean, the 60s isn't that far in our past. Yeah. We actually, uh, there's actually audio, Mayor Daley begging uh, then-President Johnson for national gun control. Uh, and his reasoning was, and this is a quote, non-whites buying guns. That was his reasoning. And, of course, as we're talking about the Jim Crow laws down in the South, you know, it's really handy uh, if you're a member of the Ku Klux Klan, you want to come hang an innocent person just because of the color of their skin. It's really handy if you can make sure they're not armed. It's a lot easier. For yeah, it makes it a lot out. easier. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's pretty challenging when they start shooting back and protecting it, themselves. It can be. It really can be. Huh. Uh, so the, the, this, this law in Illinois needs to go away. Uh, they're, they're filing a lawsuit. They're going to try and get rid of it. Uh, and I hope that they do. Uh, it, 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 these laws don't save lives. Uh, the, the permit to, to purchase in, in Missouri didn't save lives. The void, uh, the void uh, uh, law isn't saving lives. Gun control actually endangers innocent people. Uh, go out and take the test. Uh, even if you don't get the permit, Take some classes, learn the law, uh, and and decide under what circumstances you'll use that firearm so that you can protect yourself and your family. Best advice I think we can give. Um, Colorado is in the news. Uh, They have a a minimum age law. Uh, The minimum age law to purchase, it really hasn't worked out uh, very well anywhere. But, yeah, they took they stripped the rights from anybody eighteen to twenty eighteen up to until their twenty first birthday from right. buying firearms at all. Yeah, and um, that was uh, had had a little bump in court, didn't they? Uh, as a matter of fact, um, there should be no need to show uh, using a, a statistical analysis or scientific studies why we deserve our gun rights and liberties. Uh, likewise, they write at uh, uh, bearing arms. Uh, should there be any statistical override in our natural rights? But they keep doing these things, thinking somehow they're going to save us, or at least arguing that. Again, I don't think they're actually, I don't think they actually believe this. I think they know better. Studies suggest Colorado's recent minimum age requirement may not have uh, an impact uh, on homicides. Uh, The age requirement to purchase any gun will begin uh, on August 7th, and the new law raises the legal age uh, to purchase to 21. It doesn't work. Listen, Larry, very quickly, shoot through those firearms. So we've got the Ruger 38 Special. We've got the brand-new Diamondback uh, uh, Sidekick Revolver, the Diamondback AR-15 for 555 and the Ruger 308. Come see us. All right, at the Brown Station location. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. Seize the day. Carpe diem and grandbaby, honey, I'm coming home.